Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Well, welcome back to Recalibrate. Well, we're continuing with our study through the Gospel of Mark, looking at the Passion Week of Jesus, the season of suffering, and uh, hopefully getting some real words of encouragement and some real words of spiritual nourishment as we go through this. Hey, join us on Sunday if you are hearing this before Sunday, the uh, 29th, and we're going to continue with the series on our Sunday service online um, and, and really continue to let God speak to us. But I want to go on and read the next portion today. We're up to Mark chapter 14, and now we're going to read from verse 12. Oh, sorry, verse uh, 17, right through to, I think we're going to go through to uh, 21. So when evening came, and remember Jesus has arranged the Passover meal. We've been talking about how he supernaturally did that or, or planned it, but was really concerned with details. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they were saddened. And one by one they said, surely not I, which Judas would have done as well. As one of the twelve, he said, and replied, the one who dips their bread into the bowl with me. And the Son of Man will go just as is written about him. But woe to the person, woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It'd be better for him if he had not even been born. Um, I just, I just, I just uh, was thinking about this passage. So we've talked about Judas a little bit before, and how he was driven by this financial greed, and um, it really had got stronger and stronger in his life. These base desires—he'd let them go. He wasn't—he hadn't submitted them to God. He hadn't put them on the cross. And then eventually, Satan got hold of them and used them and exploited them to take him down a really bad path. But here we're at the Last Supper, and Jesus—you can see—he's still reaching out to Judas. But when you think about it, um, it's, it's, it is strange that Jesus just didn't say outright, Judas, you're going to betray me. Um, he could have put an end to it all there and just, just stop the whole betrayal that he was about to go into. And so I want to just take a, a few moments to think about why, why did Jesus indicate to Judas personally that he knew who he was? He knew he was the one betraying but he did it in a way that no one else knew what Jesus was actually saying. Why did he do it? Why did he, A, reach out to Judas? And B, why didn't he tell anybody else what was going on? Uh, they're the really big questions, like this this thing that's happening under the surface. You know, you go to a dinner party with people and two people have an issue. No one else can pick it up, or some, maybe somebody who's pretty sensitive can pick it up, but it's just kind of light, lingering underneath, and they're saying words, and to everybody else it seems normal words, but to the two people speaking, they know exactly what they're saying to each other in that situation. That's kind of the circumstance we've got here with Judas and his um, uh, and Jesus at this at the at the Passover meal. So why did Jesus first of all um, speak directly to Judas so he would hear, but nobody else knew? Well, the main reason is I think is firstly because he just wanted to give Judas a way to get out of this situation. Uh, he wanted continually wanted to say to Judas, "Hey." Um, it's not too late. You could you could change your mind. You could you don't have to go and see the priest. You are, I'm here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the cross. But it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you behind this. The priest will find a way if they don't use you. 
And uh, he, I think he's just still pastorally trying to reach out. What I notice in this portion, though, that's different maybe to other times he reaches out to Judas, is that he he really is strong about the consequences for Judas if Judas goes ahead with his betrayal. He's trying to say, Judas, listen, you think that you're going to get money out of this? You think that I'm going to escape because I'm 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 um, a rabbi who's very popular and I've got miraculous powers? You think all these things, but Judas, I gotta wake you up, buddy. I gotta, I gotta arrest your attention. If you continue down this road, Judas, it's not gonna end the way you think it is. Um, it's woe to you. It's gonna be terrible for you. And it's better you're not gonna, you weren't born. It, it, it's, you're gonna suffer so much because of this decision. It's not gonna be what you thought it's gonna be. And it's really gonna, I mean, he was laying it down, right? He was just saying, and we know that Judas committed suicide. He's basically saying, Judas, this is worse than even having been born. Don't do it. The consequences are massive. You know, sometimes when you talk to people, and uh, Jesus once said, the bruised reed I will not break, the simmering wick I will not put out. Speaking about people in, who's, who's, who are not walking the right way and are really struggling, that he will come with grace. But at other times, he came and said, the winnowing fork is ready and the chaff is going to be burnt in the fire and, and woe to you Pharisees and woe to you cities for not believing me and, and so on and so forth. He, he had two sides to him. He had the side where he showed great grace for those who were suffering and struggling even in their sins. But at other times he was like, okay, now I'm just telling you like it is. If you don't change, you are going to face the consequences of sins. Romans 6 says, uh, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the person you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And scripture is full, both of this message of grace, but also this message of if you keep going the way you're going, it's really going to end badly. And the wage of sin is actually death, spiritual death, relational death, uh, death on all different kinds of fronts. And I think it's important to, to, to hear those words. Like there is a time when we need Jesus to speak strongly to us, to bring us back to our senses and say, if you keep going this way, man, it is really going to, you need to stop and think about what the outcome of this is going to be. I I, uh, I see Jesus reaching out to him. I see him trying to reach him. But now he's been harsh, not because he wants to really berate the guy, but because he wants to bring him to his senses. Of course, we know it didn't work, but that's what we see Jesus doing. Now, I want to look at the other side of this. Jesus talks to Judas and lets him know what's going on and encourages him to change and warns him to change. But the other disciples have no idea what's going on. Why didn't Jesus let the other disciples know that Judas was one who's going to betray them, that they could have stopped it right then and there? I mean, the whole thing could have had a totally different outcome. All through the story of Christ going to the cross, there's one theme that comes through again and again, the willingness of Jesus to go to the cross. The story of the suffering of Jesus, the passion, is a really one of the key truths that has been brought out is that this was not a surprise to Jesus. This wasn't random. This wasn't circumstances beyond his control. He deliberately put himself in the hands of Judas. He deliberately put himself in the hands of the priests. He was willingly going to the cross. He was the willing, sacrificial lamb 
offering up himself for the sacrifice, like Isaac went on the altar. For Abraham, a willing sacrifice, not asking, not complaining, uh, just going with it, laying down his life in obedience to his father. We see Jesus going to the cross, willingly laying down his life. And that's really important because the atoning sacrifice of Christ is not this idea of a in, in ancient days they would sacrifice people to the gods. And I don't think almost never were they willing sacrifices. They were people forced into it. But in this case, it's a willing sacrifice. And remember, Jesus is of the Father. He is He is divine. So it is God himself laying down his life for us. And that's really key to our understanding of the power of Jesus' death to break sin and atone for our sin, is this, this idea that it's a willing sacrifice of God giving up himself for us. Some people look at the death of Jesus Christ and think it's very, like, gruesome and uh, backward thinking because why would a man lay down his life for 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 people why would god even require that but we forget that it was god himself laying down his life for us willingly it's an ultimate expression of love and so jesus lets judas on a personal level know that what he's about to do is really going to be perilous for his soul but he doesn't tell the disciples because that theme is coming through again and again of the story of Jesus going to the cross, that this was a willing sacrifice, that he did it for us out of choice that we might be set free. So there we have it. On one hand, he's making a call out to Judas. And on the other hand, he's hiding what's going to happen so nothing will stop it. Because he wants to go to the cross. He wants to give up his life. He knows this is his calling. So at this dinner table where most of the disciples have no idea what's going on. They're even asking the question, am I the traitor? They have no idea. At a different level, so much is going on. God is calling out to a person, wanting him to come back. And yet at the same time, he's saying, I'm willing to lay my down my life. Even for you, Judas, I'm willing to lay down my life that you also could receive salvation if you'd be willing to take it. What a beautiful picture this 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 meal is. Uh, uh, a whole kind of undercurrent taking place, but at the core of it, a beautiful picture of the cross of Jesus Christ and the heart of the Father. Well, the Lord bless you as you listen to this. I trade these words, trust these words will encourage you during this season. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done.